a reading from Psalm 119, verses 97 through to 106. These are God's words. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are mine forever. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I perceive more than the aged, because I have observed your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep your word. I have not turned aside from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet is your word to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts I get perception. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and I have confirmed to keep your righteous judgments. These are God's words. You can take your seats now. So today we're going to have a short meditation on the law of God. We haven't really talked about this so much, but when we get singing the Psalms, we are often talking about how we love the law. And throughout Psalm 119, which we only read a portion of, David unashamedly says that he loves the law of God. And this is a sentiment that is rarely felt today in the church. It is generally believed that the principles taught in the New Testament should change our view of the Mosaic law. Uh, one passage that they might use to bolster this view is 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 11. And I quote, Now if the ministry of death, carved in letters of stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation... The ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all, because, the glory, uh, because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. So the law of Moses had a ministry of death, and a ministry of condemnation, and its ministry was about to have no glory at all because it was about to come to an end. Should we, in New Testament times, still love such a law then, when the ministry of righteousness, which far exceeds it in glory, is here? Is it strange to say that we love something that had a ministry of death? One way to answer this question is to ask another does the law of God have only one ministry throughout all time and in all peoples? That is the ministry of condemnation. Remember, the law, the letters written on stone, do not administer death themselves. God is the giver and taker of life. The law merely declares who should die. It is true that if someone seeks to be righteous by obeying the law, then the law has only one ministry for that person, a ministry of condemnation and death, because they cannot keep it. According to the standards of the law, they deserve to die. To a sinner, 
the law, though it is good in and of itself, because God made it, it is not good to the sinner because it is an impossible standard for a sinner to keep. But if righteousness can be attained another way, apart from personal obedience to the law, that is through Christ, what ministry or function does the law have then? Does the law have another ministry for those who already have a law-keeping righteousness given to them? If Christ obeyed the law and his obedience to the law is imputed to us as though we obeyed it ourselves, how does the law appear to us now? Is it still merely a minister of death? No, it is the beautiful, holy standard that is now the basis of our life through Christ. The law, the rules of life and death, do not administer life just as they do not administer death. God does that. The law indicates who deserves life or death, and God administers those consequences accordingly. So we can say with David, Oh, how I love your law, because we gained life through the law. That is through Christ's obedience to it. And those who are justified are sanctified into the likeness of the law-keeping one. Jesus Christ. His law teaches us the way of life. The law that once led us to cursing and death now leads us to blessing and life through the powerful, sanctifying work of the Spirit. We see this summed up nicely for us in Romans 8. In our flesh, we are unable to obey the law and reap death for it. But through the Spirit, we are unable to live righteously and reap life. So it follows that we should love the law as David did. It says in verse 5 through 10. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to those who set the, uh, set, uh, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. When the Spirit changes our hearts, the standards of righteousness, that is, His law, becomes like honey, sweet to the taste. We long to meditate upon His law and live by them. They give us wisdom beyond our enemies. They keep us from stumbling into harm. They become a lamp to our feet. And these are all the things that David rejoices in. So let us sing this portion of Psalm 119 now to the tune of Abide With Me. <laughs> 